folks, welcome to Lords of Order, the Dr. Fate fan podcast. This is a spoiler podcast. I'm your host, Ed Moore, and this is episode 5, on which we're going to cover Secret Origins, Volume 3, Issue 24, dated March 1988. Now, if you want to leave some feedback, you can send it to the Dr. Fate podcast at gmail.com. BigTimeNoise.com slash Dr. Fate is the website. And Lords of Order are on Facebook and Google+. Now, the doctor in the Gmail and web address are DR, the abbreviation. This issue of Secret Origins is entitled, uh, there's a couple stories in here. The one, of course, we're interested in is entitled The Secret Origin of Dr. Fate, as it was written by Roy Thomas, penciled by Michael Baer, inked by Bob Downs, colored by Juliana Ferreter, and lettered by Helen Vasek. Now, they also give reference that this is based on material by Dr. Fate's co-creators, Gardner Fox and Howard Sherman. First page of the story here, we have some interesting little tidbits that are dropped that may or may not be useful in the future. We'll have to see. Wotan is narrating the story, and he indicates that Nabu is the name that has been chosen currently by this individual that we refer to as Nabu. Also that, we probably already knew, Nabu is a lord of order. And Wotan himself says, though, that he is not an agent of chaos. Rather, he would like to destroy all of the agents of order and chaos in order to take over the world and have everybody do his bidding. So, he then identifies himself as a a neutral uh, in this battle between order and chaos. Now, in the very first issue that had Dr. Fate in it, and that would be More Fun Stories issue, or More More Fun Comics issue 55, they have taken that issue and expanded on it uh, a bit to give us this particular origin story. Now, over the next several episodes, we'll be bouncing, because I am proceeding chronologically as far as I can find, Um, we will be bouncing from origin story to the new current stories involving Dr. Fate as they are in Earth 2 series. So that's uh, the current origin, as it were. But the next two or three of the old podcast um, topics that I do will be origin stories as they have appeared in various issues, so they may mix and match and alter things a lot. And uh, again, they're all coming up together like this because I'm proceeding chronologically. So these might be newer volumes of newer books, but they refer to places early on in Dr. Fate's chronology, if not at the very beginning. So we start with Sven Nelson and Kent together in 1940 in Mesopotamia at the place called Ur of the Chaldees, as Sven is telling Kent. So they're there doing an archaeological dig. Sven is is trying to push things along because in 1940, the World War is proceeding to engulf more and more of the planet. So he's trying to get this done before he feels that the war engulfs Mesopotamia and prevents them from doing anything. As they're looking around, Sven gets distracted and Kent continues on looking until he walks into a particular room. When he walks in, 
or as he walks in. Now, we don't know if it's because of that or it's just a timing issue. But at the same time, poison gases are released that end up killing his father. As well, the the essence of Nabu is released. In more or less an instant, Nabu touches Kent, and he goes through everything that he would need to go through to ultimately become the perfect vessel for Nabu, uh, thus becoming Dr. Fate. He grows physically. He learns everything that he needs to learn. They portray it as instantly. Um, maybe it happened over a short period of time, maybe not, but it did not happen over the 10 to 15 to 20 years that it would physically take Kent to go from being the young child that he was to this grown-up man that we see as Dr. Fate. At the end of his training, as his final act of showing he is prepared, Nabu tells Dr. Fate to attack him. And in order to help that, to ensure that Kent does not hold back, Nabu removes a veil that has hidden Kent's feelings about the death of his father at the hands of Nabu. So up until this point, while he's been forcing Kent to go through all this, he has not been aware of Nabu's uh, complacent or uh, his uh, part in killing Kent's father. So instantly he relives all that grief and just completely obliterates Nabu, just just vaporizes him. That allows Nabu to finally imbue himself into Kent. He shows Kent, makes for Kent, it's not really covered where they come from, but the artifacts, the vestments that we will come to associate with Dr. Fate, the blue and gold, blue and yellow, primarily the helmet, the full-face helmet. Kent receives all these and takes on the mantle of Dr. Fate. Now, the last uh, task that Nabu gave Kent that he, he needed to complete for him is to search out the uh, current dwelling place of Wotan. And that apparently is in Egypt. He has a tower there. Dr. Fate goes and attacks Wotan there and discovers that Wotan has captured and is torturing a young female. So in the process of defeating Wotan, Dr. Fate releases this woman uh, in, a, in a, a low point of the battle where it looks as if Dr. Fate is defeated or about to be defeated. The fact that the woman cries over him somehow spurs him on to ultimately defeating Wotan in such a way that he, uh, Dr. Fate believes is final. Well, it wasn't final. Wotan escapes, searching now to find, Wotan is, to find this young lady that he had captured and was torturing, and her name is Inza Kramer. So asking around, finally he discovers where this Inza Kramer woman is, and he uses a minion to attack her, takes over some dude's mind, 
and attacks her. She calls on Dr. Fate. Um, Wotan is able to watch this and sees that there is now a connection between this Inza Kramer and Dr. Fate, so now he knows a way to get to Dr. Fate. Dr. Fate comes, rescues her from the dude that Wotan is controlling. While he has Dr. Fate there to attempt to clean the slate and get rid of all evidence, all problems, Wotan tries to burn the building that they're in. So it it happens. The building burns down, but Dr. Fate and Inza escape. And then using the man who... Wotan was controlling, Dr. Fate is able to trace back the energy to where Wotan's hidden citadel is. A fight ensues in which Wotan calls on the help of the apes of Ishtar. They attack Dr. Fate. He defeats one, the other gets a hold of Inza. Dr. Fate wills the strength of Osiris to Inza which she uses to defeat the other ape. At that point, Wotan chooses to attack, thinking that Dr. Fate is weak enough to succumb to the attack, which is wrong. Dr. Fate was stronger than he assumed. They get into a hand-to-hand battle, um, or actually it's a magic-to-magic battle, at which time Dr. Fate cuts off Wotan from the source of his magical energy, basically cuts the wires to his battery, He defeats him, picks him up, and throws him out a window of the building that he's in. But of course he immediately realizes that he never felt, heard, sensed the body hitting the street. And so Wotan was not so damaged that he could not get away in hurtling through the air to his seeming death, which apparently he did. So now Dr. Fate realizes he must travel to the land of the dead to determine if Wotan, if his soul is there, Wotan's soul. So he goes on a quest for his soul. Inza says she wants to come, so he gladly invites her along. Don't understand why, she's only human. And they travel to the land of the dead. We see Charon, we see the river Styx, we see the seven gates of hell, the judgment stare, the bright light asking, directing Dr. Fate that it will show him where Wotan is. All of this from that initial, this is all following that initial story in more fun comics. They arrive on the earth, topside, or as they call it, let's see, what do they call it here? Upper world. And they arrive just as an earthquake starts to shake things where they're at. And Dr. Fate immediately realizes that it's Wotan's doing. We then cut to where Wotan is. He is once again uh, set up a a place, uh, a home base on the earth itself. And he is trying to meld science and magic in an effort to destroy the earth. Not just to get rid of Dr. Fate, but to just destroy the earth because he can always go to another uh, sphere and del there, del uh, dwell there. Sphere, as he uses it, I imagine means like another dimension, another plane, something like that. So the great uh, spirit, the the judgmenter that says that Wotan's soul is not there, 
but said he would direct Dr. Fate to Wotan, takes on the guise of a large bird, directs Dr. Fate to this place that there is a house somewhere that there should not be a house, uh, some place not habited by human beings, apparently. So Dr. Fate immediately assumes that this must be where Wotan is, attacks the house, and goes in after Wotan. Again, all of this following that very first story. Wotan tries to destroy the Earth, pulling the lever on the machine that he's been experimenting with. Nothing happens. Dr. Fate tells him that he had time to stop that, to prevent that, uh, that magic, the, uh, the science, the energy from being used. There's the word I'm looking for, energy. And so Wotan then attacks Inza and tells Dr. Fate that unless he stops and gives him the helmet, he is ordering Dr. Fate to give him Wotan the helmet of fate. He's going to kill, Wotan's going to kill Inza. Dr. Fate says, well, sure, it's, it's not worth her death. Here you go, here's the helmet, and just gives it over to him. As soon as Wotan puts it on, he is overcome by the forces of order, uh, perhaps the um, Nabu, the, the wizard Nabu that is supposed to inhabit it. Uh, not exactly sure, but just Wotan is overcome, uh, hence defeated. Dr. Fate puts the helmet back on, buries Wotan under the earth, and everything is peachy keen, hunky-dory again, as it was. So, uh, uh, very close as far as the main beats of the story, along with what was first shown us in More Fun Comics as the first appearance of Dr. Fate. Um, the origin aspect, I guess, comes w in where Kent acquired the powers, which was not covered in that More Fun Comics story. But that aspect of defeating Wotan that first time, ends uh, the second time defeating Wotan, the final defeat of Wotan, all that is in the More Fun Comics first appearance. Now, I also do have a little bit of feedback this time around to go over. Uh, first up, we have a comment on the Teal Productions Facebook page from Alan Middleton. He, and he uh, Alan says, I was not sure who to email Ed because this applies to the Dr. Fate, Thor, and Green Arrow shows. And that is that I like your format of doing both old and new books. I listen to a ton of comic podcasts and many focus on just one era or run of issues. I appreciate the take that you guys have on these books, doing a mix of old and new. Keep up the good work, Professor Allen. So thank you very much, sir. I appreciate it. It uh, kind of keeps me interested, too, going back and forth, um, rather than just uh, sometimes, particularly with comic books, or not particularly, but in, in comic books, going through a lot of that Golden Age stuff kind of saps my will to read Golden Age stuff because it's just so very not my style of comic book. After a while, it gets very difficult to read, and I become very cynical about, you know, how dumb that was. Or so. But if I space it out, it's a lighter kind of reading, that Golden Age stuff, and it's it's a lot easier for me to take. We also have some feedback from Mr. Stephen R.J. Vaughn, who sent us an email, and he writes, Ed, I've just come across the Dr. Fate podcast on the Teal Productions Facebook group, and between this and the two other comic book podcasts you produce, I have to ask, do you have a Being John Malkovich door into my brain? 
because you're covering most of my comic book sweet spots. You just need a Superman and Batman podcast. Well, Stephen, I'll go ahead and throw out to you now that those two guys are very well covered out there. Plenty of podcasts, so I doubt I'll be delving into either one of those. Plus, much, much more stuff there. That would be a huge undertaking uh, for Superman or Batman. Green Arrow is has a long enough history to keep me busy for a while. He goes on, looking forward to your comprehensive coverage from the Golden Age, as never read these Dr. Fate stories before, up till the new incarnation of Nabu in Earth 2. I miss Kent Nelson, but Khalid is an interesting character Robinson has created. Do you have a favorite era of Dr. Fate? Mine are the J.M. Demetrius and Keith Giffen miniseries and subsequent ongoing, and Martin Pascoe and Walt Simonson's three-issue The Immortal Dr. Fate. Um... Stephen, I have read both of those, actually. I am rather fond of the Demetrius Giffen Dr. Fate, with the highlight being their battles against the Gray Man. I found that particularly enjoyable as far as any any Dr. Fate era. Uh, All the best, Stephen R.J. Vaughn, a.k.a. C.V. So, there's our email from Stephen. Thanks a lot, Stephen. And Professor, appreciate the feedback, gentlemen. We uh, have lined up next time. We're going uh, modern now to Earth 2, issue 11, in the next episode, episode 6 of Lords of Order. So that is a couple months old now, maybe. So I think everybody should have had an opportunity to read that. But as you have seen from the spacing of these shows, it may be a little while before I'm able to do it again. may only be a day or two. It's just hard to say with what goes on in in real life for me there. Thanks a lot, everyone. Thanks a lot for the feedback, Professor and Stephen. Appreciate it. Hope this was mildly entertaining to you folks and uh, you guys come back. Either way, there will be an episode 6 out covering Earth 2, issue 11, sooner rather than later. Catch you guys then. Lords of Order is a Teal production, and as such is licensed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, non-derivative 3.0 unported license.